When I stepped into this deal on the streets um, and these these uncommon places, um, man, like it started happening online and stuff started lifting. But internally, I was like, man, this kind of feels like a demotion. My dad used to say it this way: that stinking thinking. You know, yeah. like we had been so programmed that success is the platform. Being at a season where you have the most resources, you have the most notoriety, and yet the most fear and that's the same thing we see with Jesus when he's in a high place and Satan tempts him and says turn the stone into bread mm. he can't tempt you in a low place yeah, man, that's good. he can only do it when you're at a high place Ooh, that's because good. the Boy. ultimate test will be hey friends welcome to the Paul cast podcast I'm joined with Pastor Keon and Ryan Horton. Super excited to have them. We're in the middle of our Victory Conference. Uh, for people who don't know who you are, I want you to just introduce yourself. Tell them a little bit about what you do. We'll start with Keon, then we'll go to Ryan. Uh, pastor Keon Henderson, uh, pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Houston, Texas. Uh, claim to fame, I am a friend of Paul Darty. Stop. <laughs> Interesting fact, many didn't know it. And uh, I've never met anybody who had a Paul cast. I met a lot of people. Oh, that's crazy. So that's yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. I appreciate it. Uh, you have uh, several campuses out of Houston. You speak all over the world. You also are a singer, musician, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've recorded albums. You've written books. Yeah. And you kind of do a whole lot of other stuff all around the world. You obviously are a great pastor, great leader. Anything else you want to say? I actually have a new book coming out this September called Lazy Love. Come on. Um, it's uh, a book about how we engage with people relationally. That's good. And I'm using the sloth uh, in the scripture as a backdrop. Ooh. One interesting fact I found about the sloth is, is that it actually can move fast, but its primary source of nutrition is a plant that intoxicates it. So what you see it doing is moving at the pace of what it ingests. And, and so I use that as a backdrop to talk about what are the things that fuel us, mm. which actually reflects in the way we love people. So I Come think on. it's an interesting take on love and, um, and relationships. So it's coming out in September. I love it. Congrats. Sure. Thank you. Okay, Ryan, tell them about who you are, what you do. Yes, sir. Ryan Horton. Uh, I'm based out of Florida, and I have a wife and two kids currently, one on the way, which we're super excited about. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so what I do, love the local church like crazy, but in this season, God has us outside the four walls, and so we are taking worship to uncommon places. Mm places that many wouldn't uh, expect there to be a guy with a keyboard and singing. <laughs> yeah. And and what they're finding is not a guy with a keyboard and singing, but they're encountering and running slap into the presence of God. And uh, they don't even know what the presence of God is. And so it just it's this beautiful paradigm to where um, they're experiencing something and feeling something unique and different. And then we as kingdom agents are able to uh, help them and teach them what they're feeling and what they're experiencing in the Holy Ghost and and uh, being Jesus and you know Him coming and knock on their heart's door and so uh, man this last year has been incredible God has opened up so many doors uh, with just music stuff that we're doing because of what we're putting online but then also just what we're seeing in real time on the streets and in the subways and in front of the Grammys and at 
the the millionaire's home wherever god takes us like it's just been it's been really really special um just to see the power on display outside of the four walls it's it's new testament christianity it's what he said we we could do you know uh, in the book of acts and so yeah just trying to walk it out bro and you said it in a real humble way but when you started posting some videos of what you were doing on the streets whether it be in new york city or los angeles or san francisco or uh you know wherever the city that you were in it went viral and it started like that's how i saw it as someone shared it and i was like oh wow this this guy's just singing worship out on the streets and it's anointed and it's powerful and it's ministering to people in an uncommon place mm-hmm. um and you just did something with naomi yeah. uh from maverick city it was so powerful watching that mm-hmm. you and her i think it was in the subway yeah yeah and and you've it's obviously crazy that naomi came to the subway but she's about it yo shout out to naomi rain she's about it yeah. dude she's one of my favorite singers she came and packed the place out here yeah and like sold tickets did a whole concert on a thursday night Five thousand people packed the room and it was her and chandler moore yeah. but to see her in that space with you i was like i love this i love that you're pulling famous worship leaders out of their comfort zone their box and going hey come sing with me come mm-hmm. and worship with me you had tiffany hudson from elevation uh but i, I love what you're doing and so we're let's have a conversation let's talk about um i just wrote this new book called mind games mm-hmm. we've been talking about it on the podcast and just basically breaking down what does it look like to have a mind game in your sphere of influence something where the enemy tries to either discourage you get you overthinking something, the racing thoughts that can come sometimes with whether it's traveling or getting up in front of people or even just anxiousness, anxiety. And so everybody deals with mind games out there. Talk about a moment in your life in the last year, maybe where you faced your own personal mind game battle um, and how you got through it. And maybe it has something to do with what you've been producing or what you've been doing. So we'll start with you. Yeah, I um, I, I can very vividly tell you um unashamedly now ashamed when it happened uh five six years ago uh ryan i went through a divorce Mm -hmm. and uh it was it was something that i didn't expect it was something uh to be quite frank that i filed for um it was the most difficult space of my life um the mind game was being a part of the lord's church is what are they going to say about me Mm -hmm. you know what how will they respond to you? I remember very vividly, uh, and this was one of the things that solidified Paul and I's relationship. I, we spoke about it on the phone as I didn't know who to talk to, who who could I trust with it. And I came to Tulsa and, and we sat down at a restaurant. I'll never will forget. Yeah. And, and we talked for hours and I just poured on Pastor Paul. Poor Paul, he didn't know what he was getting into and I just poured it on him. He was so encouraging, but the mind game was Will they ever ask you to come again? Mm, that's real right there. Was this my last time at Victory? Mm. No, is this the last conversation Paul and I will ever have? Mm. And I did that with every significant relationship. Wow. Because the devil works through identity crises. Mm. And if you are not sure of who you are before the battle, you definitely won't find it mm. in the battle. It's good, man. And, it's good. and all it showed me is that I didn't know who I was. Mm. Um, and it showed me that I depended too much on what other people said I was. Mm. Um, and I had to center myself and find myself in God and in Jesus uh, amidst 
it all. And here I am this many years later. God is so faithful. He's so faithful. I'm right back in the city that I never thought I would be in again. Come on. Uh, Pastor Paul and I have preached internationally together four or five times since then. Mm, wow. Um, it's just amazing. So let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Um, there's a there is a TV show called Brain Games. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a TV show called Brain, Brain Games. Games. And they, and they and they play tricks with your mind and mm. it proves it proves through the show that you trust your eyes way too much. Wow. You trust your senses too much and your brain is informed by the sensory details and you don't see, hear, feel, touch or taste nearly everything you think you do. It's predetermined by how you think prior to the stimuli. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's an amazing phenomenon. So how you see it. Yeah, it's how you see it. Wow, that's a word right there. I wish I had that information. I would have put that in my book. That's so good. Well, you can get my games too. Two. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And we got the shift right behind me too. I love it. You know, I think just as you were saying that, my brother was talking to me today. We did a breakout session with a group of guys. And John shared with them about his divorce and just the mind games he walked through. And he said, how many all in this room have gone through divorce? And I was surprised to know that half the room had walked through that. And I was like, you know, it's way more common than we realize in the church. And there's a whole lot more grace than we think there's going to be in the church. But the enemy does trick us into that. And the enemy definitely tricks some pharisaical spirits in the church to try to condemn people, but not in this house yeah. and not in this church. And I think I think it's beautiful that you said what you said because someone out there is watching this and they're like, crud, I've, I've gone through some stuff. I've walked through some things that I'm not happy about in my past, whether it be because of someone else's decisions or theirs and they were stuck in the pain of someone else's decisions. But the truth is with Christ, there's no condemnation. Yeah. Um, but the mind games are there and it's real. And so I love that you share that. Thank you for being transparent, talking yes, about that. Ryan, talk about a mind game you've walked through. Yeah, man. Um, I think for me, it the, the enemy has really been messing with my mind this last year, believe it or not, which is, is really, you know, from the outside looking in, doesn't make any sense because it's been such a momentous year. Um, yeah. I mean, the Lord has opened door after door after door after door from relational, uh, you know, equity with guys like yourself and other leaders around the world uh, to financial blessing, him pouring out crazy resourcing for the ministry. But for me, the mind game happened internally um, because for probably the last 15 years, I've served on staff somewhere in a local church as like a worship pastor and uh, been at decent sized churches and uh, you know, really been able to just love on God's people and develop teams and uh, make music and the list goes on and on and on. And um, when I stepped into this deal on the streets um, and these these uncommon places, um, man, like it started happening online and stuff started lifting. But internally, I was like, man, this kind of feels like a demotion. Mm -hmm. Like we're leaving, and and it's again, it's just that that 
my dad used to say it this way, that stinking thinking, you know, yeah. like we had been so programmed that success is the platform is the, wow. is the big church and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was like, man, this kind of feels like a demotion, like, you know, and same thing, Pastor Key, I, I was wrestling with the, you know, opinions of man, people pleasing, man, what is yeah. this person going to think about me? You know, how, I wonder how this is going to translate all this kind of stuff. And, but yeah, internally, it just felt like, man, um, we're we're kind of being demoted. And then another layer of it was, you know, I, I think what we're doing, as far as from a product standpoint, making music, I think we're making that at a very high level. And I think it's very, very quality stuff, even the songs that we're writing. I think it's just, it it could live in any space in the Christian industry, so to speak. And I think that was another thing in my heart as well is, man, I, these guys, it doesn't feel like they they want anything to do with us. It still feels like even though we there's been a lot of traction online, it still feels like we're on the fringe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so just having to wrestle through that internally. And really, I, I think that the the remedy really is just unplugging from it all and saying, okay, Jesus, like, man, I have got to understand sonship again. Mm -hmm. I've got to get before you and understand who I am in you. And, um, and the more that I really leaned into who I am in God, um, and if I'm just completely honest, I'm still walking through that on some, we all you know what I'm saying? But when, when I lean into it, um, I'm more clear in my mind than ever yeah. because I see that what I'm doing is his heart and not only his heart, but I see his hand mm. significantly on what we're doing. I say it this way. I feel like for the first time, um, in many prior seasons, I felt like I was praying and saying, God, would you bless my idea? Yeah. And this season we've stepped into his idea and he's just breathing on it like crazy. And so again, I never thought I'd be on the streets doing worship. Always thought well, I'd have my place in the local church. But God said, no, son, this is where you're going to be in this season, and I'm going to use it. And so we've stepped into it. But, uh, but yeah, that's just a little bit of the mind games. That I've Do you ever get, uh, like, when you start singing out in the streets and you're in front of a group of people that are like, you know, maybe cussing you out, yeah. either either openly cussing you out or cussing you out in their heads. Like, what is this guy doing out here? He's bothering my peace. I'm just trying to walk through the subway. Yeah. Like, how do you overcome the mind game of just publicly letting it loose, yeah. just singing out in the streets? Because yeah. most people would be like, I would sing in church, but you ask me to sing on the street in front of random strangers walking by and just like, not just sing, but like really let it out. Yeah. Do you... Do you ever face those mind games or have you kind of conquered it? You're like, now I'm used to it. I just let it go. So I'd say it this way. Boldness is a muscle. Mm. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets, right? So early on, I remember the first time that we ever went, we went to Ybor City, which is in Tampa. And it's like a mini Las Vegas strip. I mean, just everything's out there. And so we went and sat up and there was this popular club, this bar area uh, there and we went and I felt like the Lord said, set up right there. And it was like 500 mm. people waiting to get into this place. And I looked over at my keyboard guys like, man, I felt like the Lord saying, set up right in front of it all. And, and he was like, bro, are you sure? And I was like, not really. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> but I was wrestling. So anyways, we said yes and set up. And I remember that night um, we started lifting Jesus up through worship like we do. And um it was fine for a little bit. And then some guys came over and got in the video and started like mocking us. 
in the background, you know, just kind of being goofy. And um, anyway, so I turn around and start singing to them. And I was thinking, okay, we'll see what happens. Well, it got hostile. Like they started shoving me, cussing me out, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? It's going to be great content on YouTube. (laughs) Like, what in the world? And so, anyways, that was a definitive moment for me, though. Yeah. Um, Where I says, man, if if they go buck up like this and go a hundred out here. And then I'm going to go 100 for Jesus. It Come is, on. It's going to be like the prophets of Baal, and we're going to see who's going to show out. Come know? on. And every time God has shown out like crazy mm. in those in those environments. Um, but, yeah, so I kept singing that night. Nothing significant happened. But then I went to the next city, and I just kept doing it over and over. And every new layer. So initially I was just singing cover songs, right, singing other yeah. people's worship songs. And then we started um, really engaging people personally. There'd be somebody that come up and I just call them over and ask them how I could sing over them. And I just start singing prophetically over them. And that was a new layer of boldness that I had to conquer in my heart. It was just uncertainty and the nerves and all this kind of stuff. You know, I remember this one guy, he walked past me on the Las Vegas strip and I'll, I'll be quiet after this, No, you but, can't. but he walked past me on the Las Vegas strip. He had a blunt in his hand and uh, I had the mic up in my hands, just worshiping the Lord. And he said, man, what are you going to do with that mic? Because I wasn't singing it at the time. And I don't know. There's just a spirit of boldness came over me. And I was like, bro, come on back. And let me show you what I'm going to do with this mic. <laughs> and so I started going in on this dude prophetically. The dude threw the blunt down, got on his knees and started weeping. Wow. And I mean, I've seen that so many times. So said all that to say, for me, it has gradually began to be worked out in my heart. The more I do it, the more bold I become Mm. because I just feel the confidence of God. That's great. I love it. Okay, Pastor Keon, talk a little bit about just doing ministry, getting up, speaking, singing, releasing albums, some of the things that you get up and have to do. You speak in front of large audiences. You'll fly all over the world. You'll get up. What what thing have you done that has at first caused anxiety a little bit, nervousness, fear, maybe even just like comparison with other people, but you press through and maybe like a moment that you were thinking of even as he was talking? Yeah, because, you know, the first thing I thought about when Ryan was talking was about, you know, being at a season where you have the most resources, you have the most notoriety, and yet the most fear and that's the same thing we see with jesus when he's in a high place and satan tempts him and says mm. turn the stone into bread mm. he can't tempt you in a low place yeah, man, that's good. he can only do it when you're at a high place Oof, that's because good. the wow. ultimate test will be to jump and trust him to catch you and he won't mm. and so you know you're in the place right now um you know that prompts a lot of uh, anxiety that I had in my mind because I did not want a pastor. Mm. Now, I'm a 6'4", 210-pound shooting guard, right? I wanted to play basketball with my life. I played every day, every weekend. You played in Played in college, Division One. I. I played at Indiana Purdue University what? from 99 to 04. Um, I'm sure I watched you. Uh, I'm sure that in that book, in Chapter 1, I talk about the story of when some scouts came to a basketball game. We were playing in Michigan State University. Little known fact is I pastored a church 
while I was in college. Mm. I wanted to play basketball so bad that even when the Lord called me to pastor, I didn't let go of the Division One scholarship. Wow. I would wow. go to practice in the morning, leave and go preach, wow. and then go back to practice, or coach would postpone practice to later in the day, because I was the captain wow. my junior senior year, until church was over and then I would come. I married my coaches. I did their wed I did their marital counseling. I did my oh. basketball coaches premarital counseling. I That's I, wild. I did all kinds of things as a 20, 21 year old pastor in college, full time student, sixteen to eighteen mm. credit hours, full time student athlete, and a church that I started with five people that grew to six hundred while I was in college. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. And um I will never will forget playing Michigan State University. My coach says to me, um, there's some scouts that are going to come and watch you play. Mm. Had a good game. Had a good game. I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be my life. Play Middle Tennessee State the next game. They come back. He says to me at 4 o'clock, he says, you're going to have to make a decision. Either you're going to be a basketball player or you're going to be a preacher, but you can't be both. Mm. And I told him, I said, that's untrue. Al Green was a preacher. I started naming everybody who did secular things. I, Reggie White, uh, David Robinson. I named every. Reggie White of, came and spoke here. I, I used him in 2000. I used him. I cited him ah. as a way to continue to do what I was doing. Yeah. So my coach said, are you going to play basketball or are you going to pastor? I said, it's an easy decision for me. I was baptized when I was six, filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an easy choice. I'm going to play basketball. And I'll buy God a church with my first check. Those were the words that came out of my mouth mm. four o'clock in the afternoon. By eight o'clock that evening, I was on the stretcher. Wow. I tore every ligament in my left knee That's the day that I made my decision to disobey God. Wow. So if you want to talk about anxiety, the yeah. brain game, it isn't getting in front of people. It's disobeying God. I know what happens when you go to Nineveh when you're told to go to Tarshish. I know exactly what happens when you disobey God. And so my greatest anxiety and fear is to make sure that I get his directions accurately and correctly because I know the pain associated with not being where God tells you to be. That's really good. So the brain game for me is, am I where he wants me to be? Yeah. Is this the assignment? Is this the relationship? Is this the place? Irregardless of my own personal proclivities, what I like, where I want to be, what makes me comfortable. I've got to be where he wants me to be because mm. I know the pain of not. Mm. That's what I live with every day. Wow. Every day. That's really good. What do you feel like in this season, you and your wife are traveling and you're preaching on the weekends at your church? How many weekends do you preach a year at your church? Oh, I mean, if I average it out, I'd say about 40 to, to 45. We do intentionally take some time off. Take some time off. Yeah. And then are you pretty, like you and her oftentimes will travel together, yeah. which I think is awesome because you don't see that as much. Mm -hmm. I'm in a season where we got five little kids, so yeah. it's tough for me to bring Ashley because that means we got to find a babysitter for four nights, you know. What would you say like has led you to go, hey, we're going to travel together as often as possible wherever I go? You know, I wish I could say that that was a spiritual decision. It's mostly her wanting to go everywhere. It's like, I just want to be with you. Yeah, she likes to be with me, and I want to guard that because I want awesome. her love to be with me. So whatever I have to do for her to enjoy being by my side, I'm going to do. That means sometimes I'll come here, and normally I would want to study. 
but she wants to eat barbecue. So I got to find a great barbecue place for a couple of hours. Did you go somewhere today? We went somewhere today. Was it good? Uh, I can't even remember the name of the place we went. We went to uh, Kevin Johnson's restaurant. What's the name of it? Fixin's. We went to Fixin's. Was it good? It was good. Tim was telling me about it. I was like, I've never been. He's like, you got to come try it sometime. So stay from one o'clock to three thirty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I wish it was. It, it's it's spiritual in nature because my most chief prayer warrior is with me. Mm -hmm. I know if she's with me, she's praying. She's praying. There's safety <clears throat> in her presence. There are no accusations in her presence. Yeah. Uh, there can be no um, uh, no risk in her presence. So. Uh, it came as a result of her wanting to go. I continued it to be safe. Mm. There's no safer place in the world than with her. That's so good. Um, and so uh, it's become normal for me. I just know that when I get the invitation, she's walking out of the door with me. We don't even discuss it. Yeah. Like, I just know she's going. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Well, Ryan, what? any last thoughts you want to share before we close out the podcast? Anything that you would encourage maybe people with about... You should sing. I feel like on the street. Sing something? I feel like, I feel oh, like we're on the street, like Paul. You got enough voice yeah, left in you like to sing a little bit? He knows how to lower his register. He's a <laughs> professional. Oh, gosh. Well, let me say this to our podcast listeners. If, uh, if you get a chance... Go back. There's a sermon on YouTube between Ryan Horton and I where he sings and I preach. And it's a very prophetic type of message, experience. I've not seen something like this. I grew up as a pastor's kid and I watched my dad preach and I watched other pre preachers preach who would sing. But seeing a back and forth preacher and a worship pastor who's also a street worship singer going back and forth, it was very unique. I had a lot of our members who said... This was one of my favorite services because you would preach for three or four minutes and then Ryan would jump in and he would sing and maybe prophesy while he sing. And then he would share a story from the streets and then sing more and then you'd preach more. Yeah. And I thought it was very cool. So just for all the listeners out there, go back and listen. Just look up his name or my name and you'll find that message back there in, I don't know, September of 2023. But maybe just share something before we close out today. Uh, any, any word of encouragement out there? Yeah, the, the last thing that I would say, uh, signing off here, <laughs> would be this. Um, in, in every call, in every assignment that the Lord gives us, there is going to be, it's human proclivity to wrestle through in our mind and in our head to some degree. Um, because the call and the assignment, uh, when you step into full obedience, it will cost you something significant. Mm. Uh, there is going to be significant uh, measure of risk that you'll have to take, significant mm. measure of um, uh, pushing the plate back that you'll have to do, so on and so forth, to really step into everything that God uh, has called you to. So I just say, don't lean in passive. Lean in with everything you got and go after what the Lord's called you to, and uh, He will continue throughout time to reveal that he loves you. He's going to wrap his, his hands and heart around you as you wrestle through your mind stuff, and he's going to be the answer to it all. Come on. I love it. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, I'm, I'm so proud of you um, yeah. for, for writing this book. Um, I do a lot of business coaching, and we know that in our world, 90% of the job is brain work. 90% mm. of the job is, is, is mental 
and and you have written a book that helps people to get 90% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm proud of you for letting God speak to you on Thanks. this. Um, I would say um, the most important thing that I found out in this season, and uh, it may not be as important for everybody else, this is what I found out, that it is never as bad as you feel it is. Mm-hmm. And it is really never as good as you assume it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can become intoxicated by good and it is only for a season. You can be destroyed by bad and it's only for a season. You just got to learn to survive. Keep living. You just got to keep living. No matter what it is, just keep living. That's good. And uh, weeping may endure for a night. Come on. Joy comes in the morning. Come it on. is the lesson that I've learned in this season of my life. I love that. That's beautiful, man. Well, I'll just say this as in closing. Um, when we were sitting together having lunch a couple of years ago, he said, you know, he said, my mom was one of my biggest, my mom and my sisters were like my biggest supporters in my life when I was walking through a hard time. And, uh, and you looked at me and you said, like, don't underestimate just the care and the support of your mom, your grandma because my sisters are always traveling, doing their thing. And the closeness of that relationship is not as what it was when we were little. And I love them, they love me. But my mom and my grandma are just like the biggest supporters in our church. Grand grand's 99 and a half. She turns 100 next month. So she's wow. she's a month away from turning 100, works full time at the church. <laughs> She'll be at the service tonight, worshiping with y'all and listening. But uh, that, that piece of advice was really encouraging because they have been. and. You know, Ryan, something that you shared when you came in September, you were just talking about just all the stories of what God has done in each city. And you were sharing that, how God has been faithful, because we were talking about provision, the way God provides and how with Elijah, he used ravens in one season, uh, a widow in another season, a brook, creek, you know, all that stuff. And we were talking about how in each place you've gone, God has somehow supernaturally provided for you and your family. And the encouragement to our church was just trusting in God's provision in the shakiness of an economy of not knowing who's going to be elected as president next, what's going to happen, just to stay in that place of trust and surrender. So stay tuned for the next episode. We love you. God bless you. Thank you, Ryan, Pastor Keon. Awesome, man. Love y'all.